Blog Talk Radio.
Good evening and welcome to Wisdom Walk Radio here on Black Hole, Wisdom Walk Talk on Black Hole Radio. It's going to be one of those days, folks. But my name is Joshua Pomeroy Ezzarama, and I am so grateful to be your guide. This is also on my YouTube channel, Wisdom Walk to Self Mastery. And September, September, the second and final mineral month in this water year that has opened up a new age in human evolution with mind-blowing challenges and changes. September 11th, yesterday marked the 20th year since the World Trade Center tragedy. And as earthquakes, volcanic eruptions, raging fires, and storms, and let's not leave out the COVID pandemic, wreaking havoc upon our lives, it's easy to fall into despair and not want to come out and up. Let's choose not to do that, folks. Let's choose another way. This month, I invite you to join me in believing that there's always hope. Through my three broadcasts and videos, I will encourage you to focus on ways to grow your capacity to stay hopeful, continuing tonight with seeking treasure in trouble. Yes. But first, just a reminder that when I am broadcasting live and you have problems with your Wi-Fi or Internet connection, you can listen into this live broadcast over the phone at the following number, which is area code 563-999-3089. I will be uploading a broadcast of this video, hopefully by Tuesday of this week, to my YouTube channel, Wisdom Walk to Self Mastery. And you can ask questions or leave comments on my Facebook page, Wisdom Walk Radio, my Facebook group, Wisdom Walk Community, my website, www.wisdomwalk2selfmastery. And of course, if you're watching this on YouTube, in the comment section below. But now I invite you to sit or lay back and join me for an exploration into the inner landscape where we can connect to our soul and discover the true treasure of being human. Well, I'm going to jump right into honoring the ancestors because I know about you, but the energy has been so tight, so tight. It's a lot, lot, lot of stuff going on. And uh, we need all the help we can get, physical and non-physical. So join me, if you will, of thinking about those persons whose shoulders you're standing upon, those who, if it wasn't for them saying yes to life, you would not be here. And let's open up and invoke them, ask them to be a guide and a help to us through these tumultuous and very challenging times. Also, say their names out loud. They really like that. That really helps. Creator, Mother, Father, God, source, all the one, all that is, we thank you. We thank you, we thank you, we thank you for your blessing and your mercy in our lives. And we are calling out to you for all the help that we can receive. And a big part of that help is our ancestors. And so ancestors, 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 we are calling out to you, invoking you, you who can see in all directions at once, you for whom problems there are not problems here, are not problems there. And we know 
and believe and have faith in your ability, having lived in this 3D reality, to be able to be great guides to us as we forge our way and navigate our way ahead of these unprecedented, unthinkable times. So come be with us, hold us, guide us, be above us, below us, beside us, within us at times so that we're able to stay aligned with the right choices, the things that we are supposed to be connected with and going through, and to help us stay hope-filled. Yes, yes, yes. Mm. So, Creator, I ask you for the blessing of the ancestors and all of what we need at this time to stay in hope, in the name of all that is holy, I say, Amen. Amen. So it is. I hope. So, um, as I mentioned last week, I have um, pulled out my astrological insights piece um, and put it into separate um, video. I don't have a set time for when I'm live streaming that right now because I don't get myself into trouble with promising something I'm really not ready to keep. But um, Saturday seems like a good time for me to throw it up onto um, Facebook live stream. Also, it'll live stream on my um, YouTube channel and uh, my Wisdom Walk um, community uh, group page. And, um, yeah, that seems to work out. So I did one on Saturday. It's there for you to access either through Facebook or on YouTube. And uh, it's just a good way for me to create some more time to do my spiritual spill. But I will continue every week to share with you the elemental wisdom for the week. And because January 1st fell on a Friday, I consider that the first day of the elemental week. And I look at the last digit of that day. And for the Friday we just experienced, the last digit was a zero. And so that translates into an Earth Week. We walked onto an Earth Week in this mineral month. Here's the opportunity. It's all about giving support. Yes, paying it forward, being an inspiration, offering assistance without expecting anything material in return. It's about demonstrating your ability to be generous, compassionate, considerate, and trustworthy. I love that word. Invoke the generative, nourishing, and abundant universal love energy of the earth element to be of service to others. Social solidarity, y'all. In doing this in a humble and balanced way, you will be gifting your soul with unconditional love. This emotional resource will serve you well as you continue to move through unexpected barriers to fulfillment of your annual commitments. As you comfort others, you will be comforted. Yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. I love Earth Weeks. So distractions, always, you know, there's always going to be something to come up to try to keep us from being aligned, but that's okay. It just makes us stronger. It's like doing an exercise, you know, like you'd be on, a, on the treadmill or something, and then you get off, right, you know, something pulls you off, and then it's like, okay, let me get back on, and now I'm going to pay more attention so I can do it longer and stronger, right, you know. And so it's no different with our higher consciousness learning. So what you want to be on the lookout for, just three things, three things this week. And the first one is complaining. Oh, my God, honey, stay away from that. Please stay away from that. It doesn't change anything, ain't going to do no good. Now, I will tell you this. I know because there was a time in my life 
that complaining, 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 complaining seemed to be like an addiction. It was like medicine. Keeping, I was waking up in the morning just so I could complain about something. So I get that, but I want to tell you it's not healthy. Yes, it creates problems. So, yeah, you want to transform that complaint and focus on how can I be of service. Yeah, maybe this, this people ain't doing what they should be doing and doing it the way they should be and blah, 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 blah. But you know what? You have no control over that. Even with your children, you really don't have any control over that. Uh, <laughs> you can say to them, I need you to do this and I need you to do that. But ultimately, you know, unless you, you want to resort to corporal punishment, a lot of times there's things that they just refuse to do. And it's like, okay, so go to your room and go to bed, you know, whatever. But, again, so we only have control over ourselves. And so focus on that. When you start to go into a complaint, just stop yourself and say, all right, what's the, what can I do? What's a better use of my time and energy? Yeah, and that is about thinking about how can I be of service? How can I pay it forward? The next thing is expecting others to do what you can do. So that, you know, that gets into that one-way bargain stuff where I say, oh, if I do this for that person, then they're going to be able to do this for me. Wrong. Um, no, just because you can do something and you have the ability, the forthwith, the intelligence or the compassion does not mean they can do the same in return. Now, you're lucky when that can happen, you know. Um, I've got a wonderful family, so I've had that experience that has happened. But um, it doesn't always happen, um, not even with family. Uh, so we can't be attached to that as the reason why we do the right thing and a good thing and a loving thing. No. The payoff is the fact that you can do it. That's what you want to focus on. Keep it where you have control, not letting that control go. And then last but not least, that fear of not being appreciated or compensated. So I'm going to do this thing, and then I'm not going to get, you know, fill in the blank. Don't, like, if that's what you need, then you, you really need to pull yourself back and think about that. Um, because there are times when we're asked to do something and we really can't get the amount of money, the amount of compensation, the amount of resources even that we expect. So then you have to look at that and you have to say, is it really worth my time and energy? And if it's not, then don't do it. But to go into it trying to get something that there's not there to get, that's not okay. Or if you believe that it's there, but they ain't giving it to you. Oh, that's a whole nother story. Yeah, that's a whole nother story about victim consciousness. So that you want to stay away from. But again, this is about being altruistic. This is about doing something because you can do it, because it feels right to you, and because you know that down the line, down the line, in a way that you can't even imagine, that energy is going to come back to you in a beautiful, beautiful way. So, again, in this Earth Week, just pay attention to what you can do and not make it be about anybody or anything else. Now, this coming Friday on the 17th, we move into a Fire Week, a time to embrace and practice forgiveness. Another thing I love, love, love doing. And, of course, I'll share that with you in the next broadcast. Reminder that on Wednesday, 
September 22nd, we will have a monthly Earth Day celebration. Yeah. And I recently came across an article, and I'll leave that link for you. I'll probably flash it up on the on YouTube. But it was really, really quite interesting because it, it brings up another thing for us to consider in terms of what it means to really go green and help save the earth. And it shifts, it suggests that the real shift that consumers need to make is more than just avoiding plastic. It says we need to evaluate our behavior and move away from unnecessary consumption. I'll repeat that. Move away from unnecessary consumption and living a throwaway lifestyle. And this is from um, Consumer Reports. And it goes on to say, if we are really honest, any solution will require us to analyze our own consumption to try and understand what we're consuming and why and whether there are ways to reduce our individual consumption. She says it's a tall order for a lot of people. It's much easier to say, I can consume anything I want or I'll just recycle it. And there is a um, graph that they show, and I'll put it in the video and flash it for you, of what percentage of the plastic that we recycle really gets recycled. And as it turns out, the majority of the plastic goes into landfills, which can ultimately be very poisonous for, um, for planting, for agriculture, you know, because it's plastic and it's got these gases and stuff that disintegrate into the ground and, you know, make it unhealthy. And they also burn it, which I didn't realize. I didn't know they were still incinerating it. And um, that, again, just puts more of the stuff out into the air that we don't need to be in the air. I think, that, I think it's about 17% of what we recycle gets actually recycled. Um, and, you know, over time, I think this is going to change. I know there's a woman in Africa. I've got to find that article again. But she is taking plastic and turning it into bricks. Yeah, she even figured that chemistry out. And so that, to me, makes, that makes good sense. But, uh, yeah, you know, just something more for us to think about. And, again, as always, I encourage you to go to the Earth Day website. They're doing this, you know, um, Global Earth Challenge. There are simple acts of green that you can take and also find out more about climate change and any action that you can take. And as I always say, I truly believe that together we can make this planet habitable for the seven generations that come after us. Shay. So moving into my spill, tonight Here's my overview. I want to review transcending fear in regards to hope as soul energy and fear as teacher versus tormentor. And then we're going to talk about why it's necessary to seek treasure in trouble. Then I'm going to give you a little bit of my personal story again, and then I'll leave you with a personal growth opportunity, a PGO. My two quotes for tonight come from Og Mandino, who was very popular in the 1950s when he wrote a book about the greatest salesman or something like that, because he was a salesman, but he um, was a motivational writer and became a motivational speaker. And his books are very, very popular and still are in some circles. Um, and then also the Dalai Lama. So here we go. Og Mandino says, 
I will love the light for it shows me the way. Yet I will endure the darkness for it shows me the stars. And the Dalai Lama says, there's a saying in Tibetan, tragedy should be utilized as a source of strength. No matter what sort of difficulties, how painful experience is, if we lose our hope, that's our real disaster. Ashe. So, again, my theme this month is there's always hope because that's what we really do have to hold on to. And there's so much going on that it's very easy for us to say and feel hopeless. Say hopeless things, feel hopeless, go into despair, um, focus on conspiracy theories, you know. But I'm telling you, none of that is going to make any difference. It's not gonna make, that's not what's going to make the difference because the things that are happening are coming out of a great shift in humanity's evolution. The age of Aquarius is really here. And so what we're seeing is this great battle, just like if you follow me talking about astrology, the Saturn and Uranus um, in Aquarius battle that's going on, you know, the stuff that has been the old paradigms and the new paradigms that are coming in for humanity because we're not, you know, for example, I don't work in the way that my grandmother, my grandmother did, or even my mom. I, I don't work in that way. My mother's going to an office every day and travel public transportation for two hours. It's like four hours every day of traveling and then the eight hours on the job. That's like 12 hours of not being at home, right? You know, it's crazy. Well, I stay home all the time to do my work. So I'm not working in the same way that they are. So that means that there's a whole different world that is going on, and it's happened very, very quickly and in a very short amount of time compared to what happens in the evolution for humans. And, you know, technology industrialism is definitely a big part of that. So there's been this accelerated process in terms of our reality and so what we're, we're experiencing is the clash in that, you know, which it's a disruption. So because that's happening, um, it's very easy for us to forget that there is a reason for it. Yeah. So part of staying hopeful is understanding that hope is a soul energy. And by that I meant our ability to hope is uniquely a human ability. We can transcend the material for the spiritual. And I just found another great example of what that is about. Um, in a book that I was reading, that I am reading and, and go back and forth to a lot, by Florence Goebel Shin, and she um, published this classic in 1925, right, 100 years ago, called The Game of Life and How to Play It. And she quotes a metaphysician saying, if a boulder could be taken high above the planet, there would be no weight in that boulder. And that is what Jesus Christ meant when he said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This is an allusion to the fourth dimensional realm of consciousness, that you know, even though down here on the ground, right, within the earth plane, within our 3D reality, in our third dimension, yes, a boulder would be very, very heavy. It would crush you. But if you put it on one of them rockets and you get it way above the stratosphere, what we call the inner space, you know, because outer, outer space is something totally different, right? You know, even um, 
them two guys, I can't even remember their names. Anyway, you know what I'm talking about. The Amazon guy and a Virgin Airlines guy, right, talking about like they astronauts. We got up in space. No, no, honey. All you did was go to where gravity begins to really lessen its pull on the earth plane. And so if you get up above that, up above the stratosphere, a boulder would be weightless, as heavy as it is. It would be weightless. Just think about that. Like, wow. You mean it just transforms because it goes up? Yeah. And it is a beautiful scientific truth and a great metaphor for if we go up in our consciousness into the fourth dimensional arena and understanding what is going on, what is happening to us, yes, it becomes light. And again, back to the Jesus quote, that's what he was talking about. Jesus was saying, y'all need to go up. Now, I don't need to stay here and think that this stuff is all real. You need to go up. So that's what I talked about last month, that great shift up that we're being asked to do. So to transcend the fear, to go up, right, the first thing we have to do is accept that it's natural and move past the shame and blame associated with it. Because, there's, you know, in, this, in our culture, human culture right now, there's this whole thing about I shouldn't be in fear, I shouldn't be afraid. But, no, this is a very important component of our experience as human beings. So once you can accept it, that's when you can work on it. And I shared a quote with you from Teo Saosidi. Um, a neuropsychologist who said courageous people are afraid as anyone else. It is actually their fear that makes them courageous, not the lack of it. But they manage their fear differently. And then I also cited an excerpt from the Rumi poem Guest House where he's basically talking about, you know, welcome difficulty as a familiar comrade. The moment you accept what troubles you have been given the door opens, right? And you sound about that door into the higher dimension where we can get at a different truth, a different understanding, a higher perspective. So fear as a teacher versus tormentor. Um, in other words, we can ask the fear to teach us, not torment us. And I made reference to Sidney Poitier's um, comment about how the winter was a teacher to him when he first came to New York City from the Bahamas. And I also shared my personal story about seven years ago when I had my financial rug pulled out and learned that what the real reason was was not because I was a failure in my life and career, but that I needed to get to a whole different environment in order to stay healthy. Yeah, very, very interesting. So, why it's necessary to seek treasure in trouble. Now, often when we think about how people got through something, and that's what we focus on, how did you get through something? Like I think about my ancestors in slavery. How did, they, how did they survive that? How did they get through that? Or somebody in a prisoner of war camp or somebody who was in South Africa during apartheid, um, you know, on and on and on. And so we think about how they get through. But you know the deeper question? The deeper question is why did they make it through? Like why did my ancestors make it through the Middle Passage from Africa into the Americas? Why? Because if they hadn't, I wouldn't be here. But why did they do that? And I think in that asking about the why, 
that's when we get to understanding the necessity of seeking treasure in trouble. You know, we do it because we can. We do it because we do not want to remain a victim to life, to our physical and material reality, when there's a higher reality that we can access. Two quotes I want to share with you just to have you thinking. One is from Stephen Biko, the South African civil rights leader who died in jail on September 12, 1977. That was 44 years ago today. And he said, we regard our living together not as an unfortunate mishap warranting endless competition among us, but as a deliberate act of God to make us a community of brothers and sisters jointly involved in the quest for a composite answer to the varied problems of life. Wow. Absolutely. Absolutely beautiful. Beautiful. And then Viktor Frankl, who survived Dachau and Auschwitz during the uh, Nosewood concentration camps, if you don't know, during the Holocaust in the 1930s or 40s, um, he said, and he wrote this really important book that should be like a standard for every student to read. Like this is one of the, that should be on a reading list. And it's called Man's Search for Meaning. And Frankel was a therapist. He was a psychologist. So you can imagine being a psychologist and in that situation. And I believe he survived so that he could come back and share with him his wisdom, his understanding as a result of being in one of the worst kinds of situations any human would ever want to be in. And he says, everything can be taken from a man but one thing, the last of the human freedoms, to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances, to choose one's own way. Yeah. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. It's like what my grandmama used to say. She said, child, whatever, what you got in your head, can't nobody take that away from you. And take everything else away from you, but they can't take away what you got in your head, child. So keep putting stuff in your head. <laughs> so I want to tell you quickly a um, personal story of mine in regards to seeking the treasure in the trouble. And it has to do with my experience of my mother dying from cancer and her actual death. And this was 20 years ago in July. And, you know, I was only 44 years old. My mother was only 67 years old. Um, that's pretty early and young in terms of today's society and how people are living longer. Um, and, you know, when I think back now that I was only 44 years old, because, you know, when you're in your 40s, you think you're old, you don't live. Right? <laughs> like, I was like, I'm like, oh, my God, I was such a baby. Oh, I was. I was very, very young um, to lose a parent. I think at any age, you're too young to lose a parent. Because these are people who are anchors to us. And I don't care if you didn't even know them, didn't have a good relationship. That DNA stuff is real, and you feel it. You feel it when they're gone. Because um, if they weren't anchoring you out of a love energy, they were anchoring you out of a fear energy, which clearly um, was, you know, a part of your sacred contract that did something. for it, 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 it contributed. That's the word. It contributed something to you. To your life, okay? Um, so anyway, when you lose that anchor, man, it's, it's deep. It is deep. And so here I was in this position of losing this anchor. I didn't have a language for it at that time. All I knew was that I'm in pain and I'm dying. 
I felt like I was dying. And to watch somebody that you love and admire and look up to suffer, because, you know, cancer, especially 20 years ago, we're talking suffering. It is painful and suffering. Um, it was really, really um, probably the worst trouble that I'd ever stepped into in my life. It was just trouble. And I can remember um, she was just totally having nausea, like constant nausea, like really bad, dry heaves coming up, you know. And so the doctor prescribed this medication. I go to the drugstore and I get there and um, – and you know, she had great she had great insurance. She had really good insurance coverage. Um and um there was always like just a five dollar copay or stuff, you know. So I get there to the drugstore and I'm expecting this five dollar copay and I'm told three hundred dollars. I'm like, um, excuse me, uh wait a minute, she's got insurance. You know, the copay is usually five hundred. I did you look and see if on said, No, honey, you don't understand. This medication is three thousand dollars. And I was like, What? And then I had a moment of terror because I was like, what am I going to do? I don't have $300 on me. Like, what am I going to do? And I, for a minute, just felt like I'm responsible for keeping her alive. I'm responsible for her feeling better, and I can't complete my mission. I mean, it was horrible. It was like, oh, my God. And thank goodness, I calmed down, I breathed and realized, okay, you have her bank card. Just go next door to the bank, withdraw the $300 and pay it and take the medicine back home. Yeah. But in that process, in that process of that kind of trouble, and, that, and the trouble is I can't keep my mom alive. I can't keep my mom alive. She's going to die, right? Um, I had to realize that if you don't find a way to understand and what your role is and what this is really about, you are going to be a mess for a long, long time. And so I told myself, okay, there's got to be more to this than just all this pain and suffering and terror. And it it can't, this is not what I believe about a greater order and direction. There's got to be more. And so I began a daily ritual of always was doing my prayers. I was doing my prayers at night, morning, any moment, right? But I specifically would say a prayer in the morning and say, God, help me learn. Help me learn what this is really about. What is the treasure in what I am going through? Because I know you ain't brought me into this just to be slapped up the head with all the suffering and grief and what is this really about? And for me, I made it very personal. I made it very self-full. I need to understand what this is about for me. And every day it was a learning, a little more, a little more, a little more, a little more. And when I look back now, you know, the great treasure in all that trouble, the greatest treasure in that trouble, brings tears to my eyes, so that's why I know this is, this is truth. Mm. Greatest treasure is that I could go through that, that I could be there for my mother to bear witness to her dying, that I could do it, that I could be at that hospital. I could be talking with those doctors. I could sleep in the hospital bed with her. I had to do one night. Um, that all that I could get through that, that was the biggest treasure for me. Because like I said, that was one of the greatest troubles ever in my life. 
and it's given me an uh, understanding of who I am in a way that not too many things ever can. Probably another big piece of treasure for me out of that was to be able uh, to really reconcile how I had been my child's mind and my child's consciousness knowing my mother. And it really broke me out of that and began to allow me to see my mother as a human being and to really want to get to know who Dolores was and what gifts and treasures she had given to me as I was growing up that I wasn't even aware of. Yeah. So it's like learning more about the truth of who she was enabled me to understand and embrace more about the truth of who I was. And I can tell you, I'm still getting treasure out of that experience. I'm still getting treasure out of my mama leaving when I was 44 years old. So, um, yeah, it is definitely so important that we do not succumb to the burden of, you know, the trouble and to be tormented by the fear that we really do believe that as human beings, we can open up and go higher up into the stratosphere of our consciousness to learn what is the other story that is going on. Yeah. So personal growth opportunity for you this week. It's a conscious awareness exercise. I would like for you to take time to recall a trouble in your life. And it can be when you were a little kid out in the schoolyard playground, whatever, but something, recall a trouble in your life and seek its treasure by asking the following. Number one, who was I before that happened and who am I now? What shifted in a good way for me as a result of that trouble? Three, what wisdom do I now carry as a result of that trouble? Meaning, what do I know and understand now that I didn't before. Okay. And next, for any current troubles in your life, you can prepare to receive the treasure by asking the following questions. One, who am I becoming as a result of what has happened and is happening to me? Two, who do I want to become? Three, what do I need to have shifted in my life as a result of the trouble? And four, last but not least, what wisdom do I intend to carry as a result of the trouble? Meaning, what do I need to know and understand that I didn't before? Yes, and I will definitely have this in the description box below the YouTube video, and I will post it onto my Facebook page. My Sarah saying is the same as I used last week, and again, note that her birth name was Hope. And from this greeting card posted in her kitchen, I get up, I walk, I fall down, meanwhile, I keep dancing. <laughs> So I would like to close out, as always, by thanking my wonderful engineer, Miss Yvette Parker, and the entire Black Hole 
Radio Be Well family for, again, making sure I have platform every Sunday to extend this wisdom and these insights to you. I want to shout out to all my regular listeners and to all those who have wisdom walk with me, and you know who you are, and those of you in my family, both on the East Coast and out here on the West Coast, and also my family in the Midwest. I need to include you all, too, because, you know, I got family in the Midwest, definitely. My transformational leadership colleagues, um, my medicine brothers and sisters like Asu and Ina, God bless them, and those who may be listening or watching for the first time. Thank you. Big thank you. I surely couldn't do this without your support. Now, I am opening myself up to getting 1K subscribers on my YouTube channel by the end of the year. Um, And if you haven't already, please like and subscribe to my channel. And for this, I am heartfelt, deeply grateful to you. Next week, I will continue, I will conclude my spills on There's Always Hope with creating a loving future consciously, on purpose, yes. The book, Wisdom Walk to Self Mastery, Ancient Wisdom for Transforming Pain, available through Amazon, Kindle, Barnes & Nobles. It's even on eBay, um, definitely Walmart and other online Sellers. Again, it is a wonderful way to use an ancient method to help you stay in aligned with the truth of who you are as a human being. And last but not least, I want to thank my God, my ancestors, my spirit guides, my loving entities, everything that walks with me, keeps my head to the sky, my feet to the ground, and my heart open to do this important work with and for all of you. Please, please have a a healthy and safe Earth Week, paying it forward, being an inspiration. And, you know, I have been definitely encouraging the use of masks. But I want you to know that, yes, I know there are people out there for for health reasons uh, and conditions that wearing a mask is really a challenge. It really, really is a challenge. So I want to say to you, you know, you all are so important because you're going to help us come up with some alternative ways to address an airborne disease. So if you can't wear a mask all the time, or there may be people out there that can't do it any of the time, you know, what's the alternative? And I'm sending up great prayers to you and to everyone challenged by mask wearing. And I'm not talking about for a political reason, no. I'm talking about really a physical situation. It could be mental, you know, it could be a mental health thing too. but it's for those people, I'm sending up prayers because I really think you all can break through into, okay, what is the alternative? What has to happen here? Because the fact that this is an airborne disease is not going to go away. That's what it is. But we can come up with creative solutions when people cannot adhere to this science safety. So, again, prayers for that. And for those of you who can wear a mask, continue to wear your mask properly. Practice safe relating. Wash those hands frequently. Avoid perceived safety and embrace science safety. And most important, 
please, 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 please remember, humans, you are not disposable. You are, in fact, divine. Good night now. I hope you enjoy Convergence, and, and thanks again for sharing this part of your lives with us. It's been a real pleasure.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.